Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. What you what you what you watching? 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 Yo, hey, what you watching? Welcome, welcome to level three oh five. Another edition of what you watching, which is uh basically uh you know we try to we try to keep up on all the things that. That there are to watch and sometimes it's real easy we have like you know a dedicated spoiler episode to like one thing and then another thing and then sometimes just there's just so many dang things and i think that's going to be a continued uh blessing curse of like geekdom that uh, there's so many things out there and where danny i don't know maybe like a month and a half two months ago was like why don't we just record an episode where we talk about what what we're watching and i was like that's, that's a really good idea danny let's do that and we did bonus 25 we did our first uh inaugural version of what you watch in and now we're continuing it with another one another S- bonus episode success and you know i i it, it's extra episodes i don't think anybody can really be mad about it so we're uh, since uh what may 4th was the last time we did a what you watch in and in the the two months since then hot dog danny there's been a lot of stuff yeah we we watch a lot of television <laughs> Indeed, like uh, full transparency, of course, we were going to record the Kenobi spoilers, but uh, Blue didn't get a chance to watch anything. What's Blue watching? Nothing. Hopefully Kenobi <laughs> in the next uh, next week and a half. <laughs> uh, so we can we could throw up that Kenobi spoiler. Uh, and then, you know, we've got plans to do a Miss Marvel dedicated spoiler episode because we try to do the dedicateds for like the the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff. But there, there's a whole schmigarol of uh, other shows, uh, literally so, so much. Yep, you, yep. I, I have plenty of other dipping sauces I like to dip my entertainment nuggets into and take yeah, nipples you, out of. Well, I was just looking at, like, stuff that's, like, hasn't aired yet that's going to be coming out. And I'm like, I feel caught up. Oh, God, I am not caught up. I am not caught up. Because <laughs> there's, there's just a whole buttload of things that are that are going to be coming in the near future well like but, uh, june and april were just so slow in content and then like july came around and like it was all the shows and like, i yeah. could barely keep up i was like oh my god and then they yeah. all ended and you're like how do we do a review on this this and this i was like fuck it let's do it all at once <laughs> indeed yeah, I mean, there's there's so many, many things even coming. And there's my list of things that I want to watch, my want to watch you, is, is freaking crazy, too. Um, but, yeah, there's – just off the top of my head, hasn't come out. Uh, what We Do in the Shadow Season 4 just started. Uh, Netflix Sweet 2 Season 2 is coming out somewhere in the future. The Orville's going on right now. There's the House of the Dragon show. Um, what else? Um uh, Westworld is currently going on. I'm watching that right now. Me too. And 
uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Did I mention the, yeah, I mentioned the House of the Dragon show. And yes, then there, there's even more stuff because August 5th rings a bell. The Lego thing's coming out. Um, and then there's more. There's there's so much, so much stuff, friends. So much there'll probably stuff. be another what you watch in here come, <laughs> coming up in September. I'm sure there I'm sure there will, and that's okay. But that's all the, we'll just get into it because we wanna we wanna at least keep to our, our two hour format. <laughs> and uh and we've got so we have a list of seven shows to talk about. Three that we're gonna probably talk about really as deep as we want to, and then four that we just wanted to mention. Uh and that's we're just gonna get started into it. Before we go, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. I'm gonna go and find the time hacks when this comes up. It'll be in the show notes to tell you like what the time hack is for it. But just fair warning, guys, lots and lots and lots of spoilers for these shows. So if you haven't watched them, it's OK. We forgive you. <laughs> you can you can skip to the time hacks or just come back to this episode like some of my friends do, like Roman and Jerry and and the other great fuzzballs that listen regularly. But we're going to kick it right off with The Boys Season 3. Fair warning, spoilers abound. All right, Danny, The Boys Season 3. Did you like it? All right. I liked it. It was good. Um, I think it was my least favorite season for The Boys. Okay. Um, mostly because of the ending. Um, I think a lot of the character progressions and things like that um, have gotten better. Uh, like Frenchie and Kimiko, their relationship and kind of their dynamics within the group has grown and I, and I kind of like where that's going. Uh, Mother's Milk is my my standout um character for the team. He's just the moral the moral compass for the show and he's just so dang good. And then like you know the seven suck. <laughs> the seven are all our garbage. But like then they introduce Soldier Boy who is so dang entertaining but such hot trash and played amazingly by what's his name Eccles Anson Eccles Anson Eccles like just perfect Jason Jason Eccles anyways I'll look it up you keep talking about him all right yeah I was like oh we just pissed off all the supernatural fans um played perfectly by him like this guy has great range like he did it perfectly and and the dialogue was just so spot on for Soldier Boy, because I was like, geez, there was a time in my life not that long ago where my vocabulary was identical to his. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck, I used to talk like that <laughs> very frequently, yeah, and very openly in public, and so we all so grow, was, man. We all grow. Yeah, no, it's our, yeah. We all grow, like, but it's all like cool. right now we're growing and, and learning that it's Jensen Ackles. <laughs> yeah, so, I wouldn't have gotten that right. Not um, Jason, not Anson, Jensen. <laughs> um I think I think they suffered from one big thing was the for me, in my opinion, and I know you we've talked about this offline, is that they overhyped the hero gasm. They, they did. They they overhyped it greatly, and I was just like, this is very tame. <laughs> like I was, I was, I'm like, yeah, you know, there was lots of nudity and sex and some debauchery, but like, it's just, it would have been better if they just didn't say anything and just. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking specifically of like Westworld season one when they go to that whole like, uh, 
Caligula like club or whatever in the Wild West, and it's yeah, like, that was that was that, yeah, yeah, but they they just dropped that on you, you know, like they didn't mention like episode three is Caligula's Kug- Kug- fest or whatever, like <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't hype, they just did it, and yeah. so I don't know, maybe the, maybe it suffered because that because they're just like like giving cast interviews about how disturbed that scene made them, and like yeah, granted, it's kind of hard to like act seriously with people fake fucking around you, you know, like, like the, <laughs> the, the, the acting on, on the main cast members, like kudos to them. Cause that's lots of distractions. So keep a, a straight face and have some very interesting character development between Huey and a train and, and stardust starlight um, yeah. with all that nonsense going on. Like kudos to them. I mean, um, yeah, like, so like they 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 build it as like you know so shocking and it disturbed the actors and I'm not gonna say like working on the set probably was tough because it's much more realistic when everything's going on around you, mm-hmm. uh, but like you know season one I I'm trying to think of what the big shock factor was from season one it's probably A Train and freaking Huey's girlfriend. Ah, um, that's what I was thinking what it was. Yeah, and then season two is when they freaking ram the whale, which was <laughs> fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah, season so awesome. season one with the dolphin was also pretty shocking. But in in, <laughs> in in season three, like the first episode, you have exploding dick and freaking octopus, like you know the preamble for like the octopus sex. <laughs> yeah, like you have any sleeping with his wife, and he's straight like staring at the octopus against the glass. So, but he's not staring at it like. They're talking. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like everything that goes on with Octopus afterwards, like, is all like a running, running joke based off that that first thing. But yeah. the the the, the Ant Man guy and the urethra, holy freaking what? <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. That and was like, something else. And and with everything that happened with freaking uh, Stormfront in in season two, like, yeah, they just. I'm not going to say that they're not, they don't have the power to shock me, but there wasn't, there wasn't all of that. You know what I mean? And as much as there were some really great like fights, I think uh, like the, the girls get it done at the end of season two is my highlight. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was a really good scene. And I, I enjoy the whole, like, you know, the temp V stuff with butcher and Huey. Um, and they, they, I mean, they tugged at some heartstrings when the, especially when uh, butcher was under the, the influence of the mind guy. And freaking yeah. uh, with his brother, like, oh. And you get was... to see his origin story. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, at the end of that episode, I was like, what a dick. For real, he went through all that, and he's not going to do something? And it was a nice twist that he actually did do something. I was like, okay, okay, cool beans. Like, Yeah. yeah. I, I did like the, the stuff with Butcher and, like, like with this backstory and getting a little bit of kind of – because they teased it in season two about how he looked so much like his little, his little brother, Huey did. Right. But and they kind of yeah. have that relation, like a, a big brother, little brother relationship now. Right. But, so. All right. So. So here's my problem. So the show's great. Like I, the show's good. Like just because I have a problem is it, with it doesn't make it less entertaining and amazing. Like the show's really well written. It's a great show. And it was very entertaining. So my major gripe is one. I don't feel like there's any consequences for any of the main cast. Like. Everything got built up so much where you're like, someone's going to have to go. Either 
you know, Butcher or Homelander. Like, things were escalating very, to, very extremely. And then at the end, like, no one, no one, I mean, yeah, none of the main characters, like, nothing happened to any of them. Like, they all pretty much got off, like, with just some scratches. And I was just like, well, that's kind of fucking bullshit. Like, like right. nobody, like, I don't know. It's just, it's like the civilians are safe, but it just, it just lost. Like there's, like there's stakes. Like there's no sense of like consequences or like stakes that something's going to happen or someone's going to die. Cause right. like everybody's starting to feel pretty untouchable at this point. And even like Maeve, like she sacrifices herself at the end to save everybody to kill soldier boy. But like, even then, like, nothing happens. Like, she gets depowered, quote-unquote, and then Soldier Boy just goes back into, like, frozen containment. But, like, right. I don't know. It just kind of sucks because it just – it was just too close at home. It's just, like, even the most powerful and corrupt people, whenever they get humbled, they're still better off than the people who were suffering by their collateral damage because even Maeve, at the end of it – with one eye and no powers, so gets to live like her comfy dream life with their partner in some farm somewhere and just gets to live out the rest of her life living her dream. And she doesn't get to pay for all the ugly shit she's done in the past. And whose partner wasn't even in the season. So if you forgot anything that happened in season two, you're like, who that? <laughs> I was I was sort of bothered by that because I was like literally watching. I was like, oh, like she's not even with that lady anymore. She's just like locked up in the tower trying to take down Homelander. And then all of a sudden, like you remember her 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 wife, and you're like, yeah, I fucking remember. Like <laughs> like it would have it would have been much better if she just died. You know what I mean? If you want, like I told you in in a message, if Maeve's gonna be redeemed, it's Darth Vader redemption or nothing. Like redemption through death. Like, yeah, I, I was just like, OK, sure, fine, whatever. And like that was it sucked because that was like the end of the episode and I had to be a little soured. And I was like, man, you know, and then you get the interesting Homelander. But every every episode ends with like Homelander does some crazy fucked up shit. And you're like, is it going to be OK? Stay tuned. And it's like, OK, how many times can you guys do that? You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's interesting. We're freaking his son who's connected to Butcher. But. Butcher was only connected to him, like, in the first two episodes. Yeah. So, and yeah, okay, I get, like, we see that he's visiting and stuff, and, like, the one CIA operative is, like, being a surrogate mother, but I don't know. Like, it it was really good. I've seen people say it's the best episode of The Boys so far. I disagree. I think season two was probably the best episode of The Boys so far. But, like you said, it was really enjoyable. I think it also suffered that there was some other really bang-up good stuff going on. Like, at the same time that that was playing. And, like, you agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And and I get that this show's a satire on our current political climate. And, but I think it started getting too realistic, especially at the end. Like, I get that Homelander is analogous for Trump. And, you know, at the end of the episode, like, he's untouchable. You know, and he gains his, you know, popularity. And at the end of the guy, he kills that Starlight follower and everyone just cheers. And like he becomes like this hero for like murdering this dude in front of everybody. 
And I'm just like, we're fucking currently witnessing this shit, like, right now. Like, there are hearings about, you know, treasonous crimes person committed, and nothing's gonna happen about it, because he's untouchable. Like, we're just, I don't know. It's just, it's just too real for me, and I was just like, I don't need to watch this in my fantasy, in my, my free time, because we're fucking living it every day, and it's everywhere. And so, like, I'm good. Yeah, but like, I, mean, I don't know, man. Season four is gonna be really hard for me to watch if they go down this path, at least for the first half of that season. Yeah, I mean, so, like, the entire, to me, just to me, the entire point of the boys is a send up of our superhero culture. Yes. You know what I mean? And what would happen in the real world? And I get that. And, but it does feel uh, like starting in season two and especially going into season three, they've forgotten some of the superhero send up. And now it's just like our current moment in time. And like maybe that's why it's resonated with a lot of people. Uh, but I I sort of like the send up of the superhero culture stuff like that really you know even as silly as it is with like the deep and like fucking uh, octopus like that's an Aquaman send up and like I'm here for it because it's, it's it's sort of funny you know what I mean it's like Peacemaker like Aquaman fucks fishes and fuck you Barry you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> like it's right there so much so where like Jason Momoa fans have gone after that actor. And he's, like, reveling in it. Like, you realize this is a show, right? That's funny. <laughs> so, but, uh, and and Homelander is crazy scary, but, like, how many times does he have to be, like, almost taken out? And I get it. You can't, you can't kill him because he's your ultimate big bad. But, like, there was, there was a place where, where he gets gone and then you have to deal with his son. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that continues that, that same type character. But now he's a kid and Butcher's all conflicted because he doesn't want to kill the kid, but he wants to stop the evil. And, um, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I'm a better writer than any of the writers. Because, obviously, like, it's it's really well done. It's really well shot. It's fun to watch. But in the in the onslaught of geek stuff coming, like, I don't know what I wanted. But it wasn't exactly what I got. So, that's yeah. where I sit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And, like, my last thoughts on this show is, like, I hate everybody in the 7. Like, I have no... There's no character in the seven that's going to win me over with compassion. Like, they're all trash, and they all need to get what they get got coming to. But the, who, that dude that plays the deep, holy fuck, is that dude brilliant. Like, <laughs> like just his comedic timing and, and the, his line delivery is so freaking hilarious, like. That dude is so underrated for this show. Like, he is phenomenal. Especially the scene where he had to, like, eat his buddy's octopus because Homelander makes him. <laughs> and he's just, like, it feels like he's just improving lines as he's chewing on this octopus. And I'll just, he's praying. I can hear him praying. Like, oh, my God. He's got a wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, like one of one. So one of my gripes for season three is, you know, Black Noir in season one and season two, especially season two. He's just Bruce the shark. He's this like menacing, stealthy, like killer. And when they're all in that house and he's just like after him, that shit's scary. 
they're like fudge and i'm like he's just getting interested i want more and like even with like you know soldier boy and him taking off i'm like wow there's more to that story it's interesting and they they take irving uh, uh, irving and they they take him to that fast food restaurant with his like hallucinations and it's some of the most genius storytelling giving me just straight exposition and me eating it up because I love that it's like cartoon characters from this fast food franchise from his like, you know, youth giving me the stories. And I'm like, wow, good job. The boys, you made the black noir. So, Oh, he's dead. Oh, fuck. Like really? And like, I, we talked about it. I did. I was surprised that Homelander offed him, but I knew he was dying. And I think I was bummed out by that because I'm like, just when you made him interesting, more than just this like, you know, lurking like shark under the water, like he's just gonna be gone. Well, oh, okay. They finally like, found a way to like do something with that character. Right. And like you said, and it was brilliant. Like they took the superhero genre and like made it made fun of it, but it was right. great that you had like this powerful being who sees these cartoon like characters and like one of them has the stutter and <laughs> the beaver yeah but like and but even when like his goodbye like i was just like oh man that was fucking awful but it's just like they made him interesting just to like get rid of him like they just didn't know what to do with the black war nor they knew that they changed it from the comic enough and they didn't really seem like they knew where they were going wanted to go with it so they just got rid of him right so I, I just meh. Yeah, I, I think like that, that I think where this season suffers is it was eight episodes and the first four episodes were great. And the last four episodes finished the season. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know a big I mean? way to say it. Yeah, because I think when we were talking at the halfway point, we were much more hyped. And uh, then as it continued to go on, we were like, okay, whereas like, you know, season one escalates to the finale and season two you know, parabola escalates up to the finale. And then I, I just think a little bit of that mojo was gone. Not to say it's a bad show. I think we both made it very clear. We enjoyed it very much. And we're, I, at least I'm looking forward to season four and where it'll go. Uh, if Homelander exists at the end of season four, oh, I'm going to be disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I love what that actor is bringing to that role and think he deserves, like, you know, honors for, like, what he does... Um, it's just, it's, it's a bit much. So, I mean, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So agreed. We'll see. And I mean, I think there's some, some funniness with a train and like, you know, I thought he was dead, but him waking up with a racist heart is interesting. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That was funny. The, the one dude that he despises. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know, that, that is interesting. And I, I want, like, I sort of lamented that a train didn't have his speed anymore. Uh, so I like the idea of him having a speed, and I hope they have the budget to, like, make it work. Um, and, yeah, so, and, like, the one, uh, oh, the, the was it the Jonas brother who played the played the one guy that gets off real fast? That was sort of shocking. Yeah, it was, but, like, he was still a nobody. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for him. I thought he was going to be part of the team, and then I'm like, oh, bro, you were just brought in to be dead. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the moment where he started... Trying to smooth you up to the other seven, I knew he was gone. Like, you get, like even talking to Maeve, some of the characters, I'm just like, don't, don't, don't trust that bitch. Like, don't, like, you yeah. can't, 
outside of Starlight, you really can't trust any of them because they're all such garbage people. Yeah, and let's just be real clear. Like, talking about the Maeve thing, so she's going to live happily ever after with her girlfriend, wife, or whatever. She's just not going to tell her about how she was knocking boots with Butcher, right? I mean, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It was complicated. They were broken up at that time, so it doesn't count. Oh, so now that she's eyeless and powerless, like, she can be back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how it works. I mean, to be be fair, the Frenchie and Kamiko stuff, freaking great. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I I like where they're taking the Victoria Newman story. I think that's interesting. I like the more stuff for Ashley. I thought that was pretty freaking cool. And her wig and her hair. Wow. Yeah, just her fucking nervous breakdowns. Yeah. So, like, yeah, there there was a lot of good stuff. Freaking Love Sausage shows back up. God help us all. Blue still (laughs) doesn't know what that is, but he will someday, and he's going to be mad at us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then i liked all this stuff and like, i don't know if it was nicaragua or what uh, central american south american country it was but i i appreciated that flashback stuff i thought that was pretty cool yeah no uh, that, was, that was rad especially to see kind of how like powered people are were always just trash yeah and yeah. i like the the producer guy the the he made me think of weinstein like you know talking about the orgies oh, and, like, um, he's kept the shield not Gary Sinise. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, yeah he's I, great. I tried to look up an easy cast list, but uh, it didn't pop up real easy on my phone. So Paul Reiser. Well, there you go. But yeah, so. That, son. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like, it. What? okay, so here you go, Danny. Give it a grade. Ooh. I give it an overall grade of a B. Okay, and I give it a B plus. Yeah, I give it a B. Yeah. I mean, the the ending really just, it took the wind out of my sails. It was just like, fuck, like, this is not, it's yeah. just too real for me. Like, I was like, ah. Yeah, like, with the, the Kimiko stuff, I thought they, they played that all really well. I thought the introducing of, like, Frenchie's background with, like, the Russian mob mm-hmm. was great. It made sense how they got to Russia, even though by comic book standards, it's comic booky. But that's that's what you get with a show like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the musical number was brilliant. <laughs> yeah um everything like frenchie or not uh, with huey and starlight like it's interesting like dynamics but just shut up kids you love each other get over it um, <laughs> and uh yeah like overall it was it was a and jensen ackles yeah soldier boy like evil cap like it was it was interesting you know and we'll see uh we'll see if there's more to play out with him or if, if he's a one and done so yeah uh, overall, overall good. I think uh, I think we succinctly said what needed to be said. Yes, sir. I think and we're that, ready to Yeah, that takes us to uh, our next show to talk about, which is one that I enjoyed more. I don't want to say much more because I enjoyed The Boys, but uh, just was great and something I watched with my beautiful Heather, and that is uh, The Umbrella Academy Season 3. And the floor is yours, Mr. Oh, Daddy. Oh, dude. Oh, I dug this season so much. This was probably my favorite season. It was fun. It was very interesting. I loved kind of the time travel dynamics that they in- introduced, and I think they did a fairly good job of explaining them. Um, but yeah, kind of just like you have your, I guess, what, your former family members in the. Umbrella Academy and facing off your current 
members of the Sparrow Academy. Right. And just kind of seeing the different possibilities of what could have been and and the relationship with uh Hardgraves. I keep yeah. I keep saying his name wrong. So Yeah, Hardgraves. Hardgraves? Hardgraves. Hardgraves? Yeah. Um they didn't really touch into the alien aspect like they did last season. Uh, uh, well, but, they did again at the end of this season. <laughs> but for the most part, like, the only thing that was weird was, for me, was with Klaus. Um, okay. I, I really liked kind of his Ouija board kind of powers and talking to the dead. And it seems like they took a right turn and just kind of, like, that those powers didn't really fit the narrative, so they kind of just like massage different powers and kind of how he's like uh, the the undead man or who's that DC character that keeps dying and coming back and every time he comes back he has new powers. Ooh. Oh, oh, you're gonna make me do. It. I can't off the top of my head. This is where we count on blue. Yeah, no, that's a blue question. But anyways, so yeah, he reminded me a lot of him, except like you know. He just resurrects and still has the same powers. Resurrection Man? Anyways, so, <laughs> so like, that was weird, but just kind of see him bond with Hargreaves and kind of have develop a father-son dynamic that he didn't have with his version of Hargreaves because he was just a complete dick. And this one was a little bit more nurturing. Um, was kind of nice because it kind of... You kind of see him settle out those daddy issues, and it was a very heartfelt storyline, even though it was done up in a fucked fucked up way by playing catch in the street. Um, yeah, and Resurrection Man, good pull, Danny. Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, Mitch Shelley, Resurrection Man. <laughs> yeah, good character. I haven't thought of that guy in five ever. He's he's pretty rad. Anyways, um, and then the relationship between Diego and his chica who I could never pronounce her name, and just kind of like their toxic love relationship that they have, but it's just so dang charming and wonderful. Um, And then kind of, I think one review I read explaining um, who's the one that lost her daughter? I can't remember her name. Allison. Allison. So they pretty much Allison out Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch. (laughs) <laughs> um, was one review I saw, and I was like, oh, that's pretty accurate. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of heartbreaking, you know, someone who who lost everything in a blink of an eye, who lost her child and lost her husband, and just kind of wants wants to just go back to being a mother and not really be involved with this superhero sh- supernatural shenanigan nonsense. Um, yeah, and then fives is. You know, fives is fives. It didn't seem like they had much for him to do, but yet he still somehow continues to steal the show. <laughs> See, uh, Lila is the name of Diego's boo thing. Lila. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, fives is great, but I, I really think Klaus steals the show every freaking season. Oh, I, absolutely. Uh, I, I love me some Klaus. Like, it's so freaking good. And, yeah, I mean, his, his powers evolve, but I... Having not read the comic, uh, it's Robert Sheehan, his actor, if anybody's wondering. But I know that his powers evolve. He's like a human Ouija board. Um, 
but because of like I I mean I like that I guess I get in the first season it's all the ghosts and everything and that that plays into a little bit in season two but uh you know he he gets a lot of evolution but also Allison's powers like evolve um, yes and you know we are we already saw um it's Elliot Page what uh it's not Vanya it's uh Victor Victor Hargreaves um you know powers evolve in season one and two um luther his powers don't evolve but his character does which is really really interesting uh and ben like evolves and devolves you know what i mean (laughs) so like the whole show is so great but there's there's this moment in the in the final episode episode 10 when when victor comes or not victor when uh luther comes back and you're like it's a hell yeah moment you know what i mean and he's protecting protecting his lady and you're like way to go and then all of a sudden he's gone because klaus is going back to his original powers and heather was like i don't get it i'm like babe you have to go back to season one when he when he manifested ben physically and Ben's ghost got to do all this stuff. But the fact is, he's a ghost. He can only bring him to use him. And then he has to go back from whence he came. And Heather was like, oh, shit, that's good writing. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I had goose flesh. It was such good writing. Because, like, you're thinking, like, oh, because they went to, the, you know, the hereafter or wherever it was. that He's back. So, so was Luther. But no, no. Like, the writers care about everything that they've written and they know what's going on like nothing's contradicting anything that comes before it's just this weird interwoven special tapestry of wild fun family family uh what do you call it miss dysfunctional goodness (laughs) (laughs) and like even the sparrows have that that weird like dysfunctional stuff like as much as things are different like Things are both the same and different, you know, and uh, and Reginald Hargreaves, you know, they spend a lot of time trying to convince you that this version is a good version. But nope, nope. Very true to form in season one and season two, like when all is said and done. But then, like, you know, the whole moon mission, I thought that was genius. Like, you know, the moon mission, what a waste, what a what a way to take him away. But then just to add this one little sliver to the moon mission to connect, you know, season one to what's going on in season three. And you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, and it's totally viable. You know what I mean? It doesn't even bend, like, the shape of reality of the show. You're like, well, fuck. Way to go. Clap, clap, clap. Writers. <laughs> oh, man. Good, good form. And, like, because you said it for the boys. The boys had a musical number, fine. But, no, that Umbrella Academy musical number to kick us off. Fucking hell, dance off. Hell, Yeah. <laughs> and I have no idea what acid spitting Gleek girl power really was, but uh, don't care. But yeah, but we don't have to care because they realize like weird malformed transfer energy guy. Although I still don't get the rules of how his power works. I think it's like every fourth hit or something like that. Me and Heather were trying to time it out. Yeah, uh, and um, and and Gleek girl. But they, they used them for the appropriate amount of time, and when they realized the using wasn't needed anymore, they added some stakes by killing them. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yes, I get, like, someone like, oh, the boys, you said there's no real stakes, blah, blah, blah. I get it. 
the entire like family still around but at the end they're not around the way they were before their life is upended and completely different so that still stakes you know what i mean they're not exactly where they were at the beginning of the season yeah no yeah. absolutely because if they if allison makes one different decision the show's over right everybody's dead you know yeah. so so it takes someone's selfish choices to keep the rest of the family around and and now i think the stakes are even higher going into the next season which hopefully uh netflix picks up because netflix doesn't really have the history of keeping shows running a long time um so we'll see but i'm really excited to see the next journey of this comic and someone told me that they're officially past the comic book story okay we're kind of going into uncharted uh waters so hopefully they don't game of thrones it too yeah i mean the the writer has talked about he's interested in exploring where the season goes so hopefully it does well enough on netflix that we get more but i mean the the beauty of allison like creating a new reality you know giving hargreaves what he wants giving her what she wants but she i mean she ultimately is a good sister you know luther gets his wife diego and lila get to go off Wait, and have their does does luther get his wife that's potential is what i mean is like she could have given like her version of a happy ending to all of them but she yeah. didn't though she just hit the button she didn't change any of the programming well when she hit the button it created that new reality yeah but like hargreaves already programmed the reality he just didn't hit go allison hit go so we don't are, we don't we don't I know mean, how alien technology works danny i mean it's <laughs> if probably, all of a sudden all of them get their happy ending but it turns out to be a nightmare we'll all buy into it because it was <laughs> timey-wimey space nonsense you know what i mean it's, it's the monkey paw I'm like imagining Fives with uh, his mannequin chick, but she's actually real, like the version we saw in his little his little Gleek fantasy. Uh, Diego and Lila have their baby. Luther has his wife. Uh, freaking Klaus gets his boyfriend back from Vietnam. <sighs> um, and I guess that's all of them, right? And and Victor Victor gets uh, I guess I don't know if Victor gets like cancer free girlfriend from jfk assassination yes this is stuff that happens in these shows friends uh or or gets to like you know take care of a autistic boy so you know what i mean like there could be some interest in this so we don't we don't know why uh why the professor wanted uh wanted the lady but uh, i'm sure it can't be good for humanity i'm sure we'll find out Hopefully we will. But it, it just was it progressed well. It was staged out. And granted, it was available to like binge all at once. Me, but me and Heather watched it over like a week and a half, two weeks. I know you went binge, 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 right, Danny? No, it took me about a week. OK, but it was nice. We watched an episode, like, episode and a half. Yeah, we watched like one or two episodes a night on mm-hmm. the nights that we could. And yeah. uh, we we really enjoyed it. And so much that like we had like one or two episodes left and it was like midnight and we were debating we're like do we keep going and we're like no we need sleep we'll finish it tomorrow (laughs) so but we were tempted if we weren't older and aware of our responsibilities and what we should do Uh, that said recording at 11 11 at night (laughs) but yeah it was it was it was good question yes so as a father of someone who's non-binary yeah. Is that correct? Is that a correct, correct. statement? Yeah, right. K is non-binary. All right. 
how do you feel like how do you feel as they handled the transition for Elliot from Vanya to Victor? I thought it was so amazing. I told my child to watch the show as I was like, and because it was done so beautifully, but also it wasn't a big flag, like waved in the face of like all these heteronormative fools. Like, oh, it's just some big woke message. It was like, no, just the reality is there's a lot of different people in the universe. And like, that's your reality, whether you like it or not. And I love that the family was just like, okay new information that we're going to process and carry on because that's exactly what this sort of thing is it's just new information and you absorb it and you move on you know it's like like me and you hanging out i don't know if we've ever gotten a pizza together you know what i mean as as good of friends as we are we've never gone to get a pizza pie so there's a chance we don't know what we're going to put toppings and yes i'm oversimplifying but if all of a sudden I'm like, man, I want Canadian bacon and pineapple. And Danny's like, you're a monster. Pineapple <laughs> on pizza. <laughs> like, it's just new information. And guess what? We're, despite maybe some disparity in our topping choices, we're still going to be friends at the end. And like, I literally, it's an oversimplification, but I equate what people love and who their identity is as something not trivial, but like. It's it's what people like. It's what people are. It's just new information, and I absorb it and I move on. You know. And yes, it's much more important than pizza toppings. Please, anyone listening, know that's I understand that. I'm completely cognizant of that. But to me, I think the importance is trivial down there for me because I don't think it's something that upends reality as I know it. Yeah, because it didn't change the story. Right. Um, it, it was just new information, as you said. I thought it was done very lovingly. Like it was the, the way that it was done. Like you said, it wasn't like in your face. It wasn't, you know, a big flag moment or a moment to hang a movement on. It was just, you know, a moment between family members. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, Elliot can't. Also, oh, go ahead. No, it was just like. You know when when her when Victor and Allison were were when they're talking and they two were the two of the closest closest siblings, like and she's like, why didn't you just tell me? Like it was you know like there was more of an act of like betrayal of trust that like you just didn't tell me early. Like I'm a, like why would you think I wouldn't love you for who you are regardless? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Luther is the closest one to come up against it, but even then, like, it lovingly adapts. And And uh, I love the stumbles, you know, like, you know, Diego and Luther both have, like, difficulty, I don't want to say processing it, but adapting to the change. Because when you do change something, like, there is a couple fumble steps and part of the learning curve, but it doesn't mean that you disrespect the person. It's just, you just have to get used to the new information. Right. Yeah, I mean, Elliot Page came out um, before season two aired. I don't know how much was filmed, you know, before then, but but went along with with the entire storyline of season two, you know, presenting that character, presenting female in the show and having the lesbian romance and whatnot. But, you know, a character continuing with this role that they got because actors are actors. Boys can play girls. Girls can play boys. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. it matters as much as you want to make it matter. To me, it does not matter as long as it's done well. But I, I love that them knowing, you know, Elliot saying this is my true authentic self, them being like, okay, we're going to figure out a way 
in season three to let you be your true authentic self and uh and did it quite i think quite well i i haven't done a deep dive to see how other people in the trans community feel about it um but yeah i mean my my own child Kay, i definitely had watched like all the nia neal stuff and supergirl and i was like it's so badass there's like a trans superhero and like it's so rad and Kay was like it's really freaking cool so you know and both uh, Kay and Kay's fiance Ian, they are both non-binary, and I, I support them because love is love. And if you don't feel that way, fucking stop listening to me now, please and thank you. <laughs> uh, you're gonna lose all this good geeky shit because it's only available for good human beings. <laughs> you know what they say? No me for you. <laughs> no me for you. It's no not what's you. what's for your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah, Umbrella Academy season three, I'll I'll give it a grade. I give it an A plus. It was freaking rad. I give it. I, an a I plus. loved it. Yeah, it was it was so solid. Uh, it's it's unless some other crazy wild stuff comes up, it's gonna rank high on my end of year for sure, as of now. So yeah, do we have anything more to say on it, Danny? No, I think we I think we covered it enough. I mean, I it was definitely an A plus. The the show was. From beginning to end, just so breathtaking, intriguing, and visually amazing. The Umbrella Academy just do a great job of being quirky, heartfelt, and serious, and dramatic. All and and, and they're able to use that equation. So like, it's it's just great. I loved it. it and I mean, one one last thing to say about it, just because I was going back to me and Heather talking about it. The big difference between this show and other shows is that character interaction and dialogue and like every character gets their moment they all have a a particular place time feelings but every character just the interaction you just can't help but love when people are talking to each other whether it's like you know supreme drama or whether it's just goofiness and they're just written like such real people every character in there gets to be real in its own regard and it's just so well done. And it has been all three seasons. And it just keeps me coming back. And we're like, man, these these they just love seeing what's going on with these fake-ass people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, it's just, just incredibly rewarding. And it's time well spent. And, I mean, Heather, like, Heather rides along with me for all this geeky superhero nonsense. You know what I mean? But, like, that's that's not who she was before she, like you know, grazed my mouth and ended up kissing me and ha ha, gotcha now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like she, she looks forward to it. I was like, oh, cool. Another season. Yay. So yeah, I think uh, this ranks high for the wifey too. She oh, was very was excited and she wasn't disappointed. And, and yeah, we hope there's going to be more. Yeah. I, I, I need some questions resolved. I need to know how this new world works and, and what's happening. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, one more show, and then the next one to talk about is it's a strange thing. Actually, it's not just strange. It's a stranger thing, but not just one of them, not two of them, not three of them. Stranger Things 4, Quattro, on the Netflix, another Netflix show. And uh, take it away, Danny. So Stranger Things, okay, so was it are we talking about the two halves or are we talking about the second half how how we Oh no this? yeah part 1 and part 2 the whole the whole thing the whole enchilada So 
like, all right, so at the beginning of the pandemic for Christmas, my brother gave me a gift to go to the uh, Stranger Things drive through experience down in downtown L.A., which I thought was weird because I, like, I didn't consider myself that big of a Stranger Things fan. Like, the show's good, but I wasn't, like, a fanatic, like how some people are crazy about the show. Right. And I went, did it, and I enjoyed it, and it was a good experience. It was fun to do, especially in the middle of a pandemic when you can't do much. But then Hot Dog, season four, I was like, maybe I am a bigger fan than I let on. Like, this shit's good. And what I really liked about it is, like, all the character introductions are there, right? So you don't have to really introduce your main cast because you already know their background. You don't need an episode on D&D. Like, you understand the mechanics of the show. So they just went full horror, and boy, was this a spooky season. Okay. Yeah, I, I, just, I just really like the spooky the spookiness of it. And, like, it's cool that they're kind of in high school, and so, like, the kids are kind of changing dynamics. You got Lucas trying to be a basketball player, trying to be more in the cool kids, more accepted in his peers. And then you still have um, Duncan and, and and Will just, you know, they're nerds. And they're going to be nerds. And they're just going to play D&D because that's who they are. And they're happy and they love themselves. And that's who they're going to be with. And they're going to hang out with other nerds and other outcasts and it was Brad, and anytime they introduce new characters like this kind of far into the season, especially when you're only telling five chapters, like, it's like, oh, you're introducing a new guy now? Like, ugh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. So, um, who's the surfer dude? He was funny. He was rad. The stellar oh, dude. He was really funny. The, Spicoli. He was. Spicoli trope. The Spicoli, <laughs> yeah, the Spicoli trope. Yeah, no, he was he was really he was really entertaining. He was really good at breaking up those serious moments and bringing a little bit of longevity into it. The stuff with Max and Lucas and kind of Max dealing with the loss of her brother and kind of the survivor's guilt that she's carrying around regarding that and how it's affecting her relationship was a really good storyline. The stuff with in the Russian jail was just fucking hot dog so much fun and just being the the stubborn hard-headed american in a russian jail during the 80s like just so good and just kind of really getting to 11's origin story and how this comes full circle um was great and you know kind of how do you defeat the the main boss you know this is this is the end end game level boss now and so, so like how do you take them out how do you how do you take all your experiences from the past levels and and use them to to defeat the the main cheese so great all right so this season was by far my favorite season for stranger things out of the four chapters this was by far my favorite what i really liked about it the most was kind of for the major players, a lot of the character development was already out of the way. You don't have to really introduce characters. You don't have to introduce the concepts of them bonding over D&D, any other nerd quirks. Like, that's all been established. So now they really just went heavy on kind of dealing with, like, the spooky and the cerebral and kind of, like, 
the main villain and kind of like the darkness that is bringing and you can really bring in like the weight and kind of what's the word i'm looking for we said it a bunch of times earlier how critical the situation is like there's a real cost now like it's a it's an apocalyptic level event that's about to happen and it's just fantastic you you get you kind of get the origin stories of 11 and how you know how these five chapters are going to tie into her and how that comes full circle you know you get dustin and will you being the true nerds and just kind of embracing who they are and just loving the fact that they're just a bunch of nerds but yet they keep saving the world and then like lucas now that everybody's in high school like he's just trying to be like a cool kid play some basketball get in with like the jocks and kind of have like that stereotypical high school experience and not being true to himself and it's it, it and it's really lovely i think it was great they really dive into the horror aspect of it and that's what i really dug about it it got real nightmare of elm street like real quick and huh. then you, and at the beginning you know they introduced some new characters where i love the new surfer dude i still don't know who i can't remember his name he has some weird name argyle like Argyle, so like obelisk you know (laughs) your spicoli trope like he's just the fun stoner and he's always saying the right things at the right time to bring some uh humor into very serious situations you have uh what's his face now that's a that's a meme um who's just really rad but they really bring a uh is it ronnie no it's not ronnie his name's forgetting me now the metal kid eddie eddie so like you have eddie and like he's essentially the the plot device for this season and a lot of it revolves around him and you know just because he's the rocker slash satanist because he likes heavy metal and he's a rocker kid and he doesn't look like everyone else like he everyone blames him for all the the evil that's being done in town and it's just a really good reflection of the satanic panic of the 80s that I a lot of people probably don't even imagine that was a real thing. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, I, I really dug it. And I never considered myself too big of a Stranger Things fan. But after watching season four, I was like, maybe I am a big Stranger Things fan because this was freaking good. Out of the last three shows that we mentioned, this is by far my favorite. I just okay. love how the season ended. It's really taking a dark toll, you know. The, the 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 everybody seems like anybody can die. I really love what they did with Max. Um, yes, she came in in season two, so she's not like the original crew members, but having someone who's who's dealing with survivor's guilt and you know losing one of the only people she was really close with, her older brother, in the way that she did it to how you know it was just it was rough and it's really affecting her relationships and it was good storytelling on how they showed that and how it impacted her and lucas's relationship and the relationship with the crew and having to lost 11 moving out west to california and losing her support structure like it's really tough when you're suffering from survivor guilt and having to carry that burden on your own like it's just awful yes Yes. So, yeah, so, you know, the stuff with Hooper and Russia was fun, and that was very 
80s action movie-esque, and it was great. Even with uh, Winona going out there and, and just finding weird comic booky loopholes to get her to Russia <laughs> make real no sense, but whatever, it paid off. But it was great. It was great. I um I actually thought because they kind of introduced the fact that the Russians had a gateway into the upside down. Yeah. I thought that's how they were going to get back. I thought they were going to go through the upside down and somehow link up when they were fighting Vecna and they were kind of come and save the day like then instead yeah. of the way that they did it. That's what I thought, but It's a it's a big plot hole. <laughs> Is it? I think so. Yeah. Oh, eh, it didn't bother me that much. But out of the last three shows, this one's by far my favorite. Okay. Um, it was just so dang entertaining. The way that it concluded, the cliffhanger that it ended on was just so brilliant and heartbreaking, at least in my perspective. What'd you think? So the more you talked about it, the more I realized that of the three shows, this is my least favorite. Really? Because uh, I kept trying to, like, drink the Kool-Aid you were, like, pouring into my mouth. And I kept going, ah, ah, That's funny. Um, that's to say, I don't know where the boys season three and this, like, shake out. Like, it might, it might be number two of the three or it might be number three of the three. You know, so for me, the danger of playing in the 80s is so, so far what they were doing in, like, you know, one, two, and three. I never felt like they just fell into, like, a trope hole. Like where, you know, like, okay, we're we're falling into this eighties trope hole. And I think this this season bears the consequence of overhype. Um, going into part one, I really enjoyed part one and the way it ended, I was like, Hell yeah. And I don't think part two paid off for me. Um was it fun? Sure. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Uh, I'm all about Metallica getting its heyday and like a new renaissance. Although, let's be honest, I saw a thing where Master of the Puppets came out in like they gave the date March 7th or whatever. I don't know if that's the actual date. And then this is set in spring break, which would be like, you know, traditionally spring break was always the same time back in the 80s. So like the 20th to the 25th of March, meaning that Eddie Monson like perfected Master of the Puppets in two weeks while he was on the run during the satanic panic. Yeah, that shit don't jive, man. <laughs> and uh, I think it's cool that like one of Metallica's like kids actually did the body double for it. And I thought it was a really great moment. But he, he was the, from the second he was there, I was like, okay, here's the trophy guy that's going to die. And I was hoping that that wasn't going to be the case. But nope, nope. And like what you said with the boys season three, that there's no fucking stakes. There is no fucking stakes. These kids just do fine and all i needed just, I, and i know it sucks because i really really like the redhead but fucking let her die but she like, did die no she didn't she's gonna be back in the next season it's no, gonna she, piss me off if she survives it's gonna piss me off because she died she's because going to survive they have set it up for survive. her to survive they've no, set it up that way she is dead she is dead. so here's the th this is why she's dead all right so for vecna the crossover she needed to die, correct? She dies, the gates open. Right. Eleven and saves I, her. I'm telling you, Stranger closed. Things 5, they realize the way to stop Vecna is for her to be alive, and they make her alive, and Vecna stopped, and fuck them. That's bad writing. No, but that's exactly what happened. Ve that's exactly what they did at the end of season four. 
Max dies, the gates open, Eleven saves her, the gates close. Max is in the hospital, but fucking Eleven visits her in her head, and she's dead. She's fucking brain dead. There's nothing in there. Fucking Eleven feels massive guilt for what she's doing with her friend, lets her go, gates open. Max is dead. See, I didn't catch that. I guess I was already tuned out. (laughs) Yeah. No, Max is, and, and and that's my only, if if Max survived, I would be with you. I'd be like, there's no stakes. You know, these kids are fine. But I would have, like, one of the original kids to have died. But, you know, the way that they told Max's story, like, she gave, she gave her life for the team, willing and knowingly, to deal with her fucking inter-bullshit. And she paid the price. She paid the ultimate price. I mean, they they can save this whole thing with the fifth season that I'm going to watch. Let's be honest. But I just and like what what they do with Will, like I get what they're doing with like the closeted like behavior. But I I feel like he gets such short shrift and where like the the Victor Hargreaves was such a great story. Like the way they're doing Will, I'm just like, OK, we see you, but just be brave. Just tell the story. Like, don't don't like hide it under the covers like and like i think i think my thing is i loved that they were telling a new iteration on nightmare on elm street they they freaking got freaking freddy krueger in the show with their version of like nightmare on elm street and then and then it was just it wasn't enough you know what i mean you had to like make it into like four deaths for four avenues of a whatever and i'm just like Okay, and I, I, I'm excited for, for Kate, whatever her name is, that, like, she's now on the charts. Like, literally, I saw a thing where it was like, so Top Gun's the number one movie, and Kate, whatever her name is, is number one on the charts. Like, we're just going to do 1986 over again. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, touche, because it's, it's all too real. And yeah. then you get, you know, Master of the Puppets, like, being there, and, and the Metallica guys all wearing freaking Hellfire Club shirts. Like... And reveling in it. Although it's really funny, I saw another thing where they're like, all these kids illegally downloading Master of the Puppets for their TikTok videos. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna learn quick. It's like, uh, kids, you don't even know what Napster is. <laughs> Napster is what us old guys do nowadays. We just feel like we need a Napster. <laughs> <laughs> I could have used a Napster. But I, I think, uh, I think they did too much. There was too many storylines. As much as the Russia stuff was fun, it, it really so they killed the Demogorgon and his demodogs and that got rid of the sparkly magic stardust that like weakened Vecna. But that's not been like t- oh, fucking no, no. no. Hooper, it's Hooper. They should have let Hooper die last season. Yes, yes. They should have just left him dead. Um, and he, when he was back, like, sh- so, no stakes. Should, sorry, go ahead. I'm just like no stakes. Like I don't, I don't need a big Russian adventure. I could have done without that entire storyline. I would have been much more interested in seeing Winona Ryder's like grief. You know what I mean? Um, she needs to pay more attention to her son, Will. And uh, like, I, it's, it's sad because Nancy and Will's older brother, like I was all about that romance. And now I just wanted to get back with Steve. He's a superior boyfriend. And uh, I don't think that's what they meant for me to believe, but you know, and then there's just the the weird like lesbian romance thing with the girl that may or may not, and uh, it just it all was in such poor taste. And it literally they made an 80s show 
but they forgot to make it with a modern sensibility. They made it with an 80s sensibility. And and overall, <laughs> I found it distasteful, and it took away from my viewing enjoyment, where in the end, I was like, I enjoyed watching it. It was fun. I'll probably watch the next season, but not, no. Give me, it, you gave me a season where Master of the Puppets was the big finale. And as cool as it was, I just wanted them to sing Never Ending Story again and, and fight the Mind Flayer. You know what no, I mean? I'm good with that one. I'm good with the Never Ending Story stuff. Yeah. Um, yes. I was fine with that. It was good. I mean, it's just like, I get the whole like Vecna and I, it's a neat twist, but like they gave me that twist at the end of part one. So when they twisted again in like part two, I'm like, I heard, my brain's already come full circle to that. You're not surprising me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm, just, and I feel like freaking uh, what's his name, the kid that sang uh, Les Miserables with the funny teeth, but that's not his real teeth. Uh, Gaden Matarazzo, uh, what's his name in the show? Dustin. Dustin. There wasn't enough Dustin in the show. We got Dustin's <laughs> girlfriend, and no Dustin. Dustin's one of my favorite parts about the entire like show, and he was like sort of sidelined. He and, is my favorite character on the show. Yeah, he was he was sidelined, and I'm just like. The entire point is this ensemble, and yes, you gave every other character a bunch of stuff except for him. And uh, yeah, they did this Satanic Panic. That's cool, but they didn't. They didn't dig deep into it. It was just cursory information that if you understand, this was going on in the '80s. And but then the the kid when he's like talking to the town folks, all of a sudden it's a fucking Trump right wing QAnon speech, and I don't need that in a fucking show about the '80s. I don't need you to show me how Ronald Reagan's 80s is like our current moment. I get it. I don't need that in my freaking life while I'm watch, binge watching this Netflix show. Fuck you very much. Uh, <laughs> whatever, Duffer Brothers. And I'm very excited for your future properties, but I think uh, I think you, you jumped a hurdle too far and fell flat on your face, and uh, it could have been better. That's where I'm coming from. I think... It's, it's my third favorite. <laughs> I think Will needs a fucking haircut. There's no way that this freshman is walking around with a fucking bowl cut straight out of 1977. I saw an article where he asked for a different haircut and they said no. Once again, tone deaf. Like, no, I just, I could, every time that dude was on screen, like, I could not take him seriously because all I heard was like, looking like a Three Stooges parody act. Like, it just. I'm like, yeah, if you want to be brave. Sure, Eddie Munson can die. I get it. That's like the 80s trope. But if it's a Freddy movie, only one or two people are getting out alive. And that's not what happened. You know what I mean? And say what you want about the schlock or the cheesiness of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. People die because there's stakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And your final final girl is going to be your final girl. So that's fine. Nancy and Eleven can be the final girls. But it's just like Robin. Robin should have died. You know what I mean? She's not serving the story anymore. Other yeah. than to be, like, your token, like, gay person. Like, I just, I just was done, and I was just so tired and exhausted. Like, you know, as I said, I, I'm not saying I'm a better writer than, like, all these other writers, but I could have written a better story for this. Because I'm a child of the 80s. I know I could have. Like, <laughs> if they'd given me one time over on that script, they'd be like, no, 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 we need to work on this. <laughs> so, and I'm interested in the upside down in the real world, but I, I don't know. I knew it was going there, and I just don't have faith that it's going to be that great and hopefully i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong because i really enjoyed season one i like season two a lot more than other people season three that's my benchmark that's my high water mark 
I think season three was like where it really fired on with the evasion of the body snatcher stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite of those 80s horrors. So I'm really going to, you know, I want you to go there. But they didn't. They like teased it and then they left it behind. And I think there was more. I, I wish, honestly, that this season had ended with the end of part one. And I would have been like, great season. Wow. Way to go. And then take me into Stranger Things five with all the those those two episodes is like the way it starts, and then that cliff that is going into the real world with season. I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. But the way they broke it up, I'm just like, no, entirely too long. And when it's, when I'm watching a show and I can just stop it and come back a day later and I don't even have remorse, that's a problem. <laughs> and I did that because the episodes are really really long. No, they're, can, they're movie they're movie length. You you can break them up. It's okay. I don't watch television to watch movies unless I'm watching a movie on television. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry. I know you really love it and I, I'm glad you love it, but I, I just can't, you know what I mean? And I'm never the negative Nancy. So <laughs> Nancy, I said, Nancy. Uh, um, uh, yeah. I didn't really dig that relationship between Nancy and what Steve, like, I don't know. Um, Steve Harrington. Yeah. A lot of those relationships are kind of, fumbled but oh it's just it was just fun and i just kind of liked i'm just the like story, the story whole... the road trip of the band getting back together yeah the college thing with like jonathan byers and her i'm just like who cares no one cares just get to the story <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and like everybody's like oh my god my heart and i was like oh am i gonna i know i'm a cold bastard i get it but i have feelings and i no feelings yeah, and I, I didn't get that she died, and I hope you're right. And that sucks. That sucks that I hope that the Ginger's dead. You know what I mean? Because I, mean, I, I, I really enjoyed her character. I thought she was, like, tough, tough as nails. You know what I mean? Because she was. She was tough as nails. Yeah, although she did not have a real good relationship with her stepbrother. She uh, she appreciated him after he was gone, and that's the story of all of our lives. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like... It was fine. Like, you know what I mean? It's enjoyable. It's it's not throwaway media. You can watch it and enjoy it, but it, it it's not shattering my earth in any way, shape, or form. So since you mentioned Kate Butch, Bush, not Butch, Bush, uh, fun fact that I found out recently is that she owns the rights to all her music. Yeah, so she's making a buttload. So... Within the 24 hours of Stranger Things dropping, she made two million dollars. Good for from her. Streaming from streaming rights. Yeah, I like that Kevin Smith pointed out that he used one of her songs in one of his movies. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, you're finally coming around to Kate Bush. Good for you." Taika Waititi said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I can't. I I don't even like the first time I heard that song was on Stranger Things. I just had never heard it before. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I've heard it. I, I'm also familiar with Kate Bush, which is kind of annoying when people are like, have you heard this song before? I was like, yeah, I heard it like fucking 10, 20 years ago, dude. Like, what the fuck? My sister was real goth in high school. Like, I heard this song before. Any <laughs> older sister? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, funny. Like 15 years older. That makes me laugh inside. <laughs> you never heard of Susie and the Banshees? Like, bro. Oh, no, up, like, I know. I know of Susie and the Banshees. I know, but if you ever go to fucking Spotify and put on Susan the Banshee Radio, you're gonna get a bunch of Kate Bush. Oh, nice. I don't, I don't Spotify, so. Oh, well. Yeah, I should, but I'm just an old man. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I stick to Pandora. No, I don't even do that. I just have iTunes. No, oh, all right. I've spent a lot of money on on iTunes downloadables, and I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's an investment, and until it doesn't exist anymore, I'm invested. Well, this is why we're great great friends, because even though I hear and agree with your uh, disagreements on Stranger Things, it doesn't really dissuade my opinion, and that's okay. No, it is, and like I'm. We we're never talking to each other to like change the mind of the other person. They're like, oh, those are some interesting new thoughts to put in my brain. Like we were saying, it's new information. I'll absorb it and move on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like we're we're both stubborn enough old men that we realize like we stand where we stand. <laughs> Unless you're uh, like, did you see when they murdered puppies? And we're like, oh yeah, puppy murder is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. I miss the puppy murder. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think so it's funny so like Metallica like real big but there was a there was another show that they used Metallica where I was like oh it's like the Metallica songs and then literally like not the the latest episode of the Flash but in a uh, season 8 episode 12 they literally used Ride the Lightning to give Flash a new power and it was badass oh so metal He's literally like running and he's like talking to his guy in the chair, the new Cisco, and he's like gives a whole bunch of sciencey stuff. Like, what if we like use the power and converge and put it again? He's like, Well, that would be like hitting a brick wall. And he's like, Exactly. And then the guy's like, Are you gonna ride the lightning? And then all of a sudden it kicks in and it's Barry freaking running through the air on lightning pads, all a Miss Marvel. And I was like, Yeah. Rad. Yeah. And I was like, Take that, Eddie Monson. This is better. <laughs> it's on the CW. <laughs> and there was another show where they used a, a Metallica song quite recently, and I was just like, Metallica's so hot right now. Yeah, it's so hot. Um, <laughs> I thought that scene was so fucking metal. It no, was dude, so well done. That scene in isolation, epic. I honestly would have liked it if they just left it as an instrumental. That's just me. Just have Eddie wailing or his double or whoever the fuck it was just wailing on the fucking guitar while that shit's happening in the background like that's what i would have wanted yeah without the vocals just him just the fucking the guitar right i would have been happy if eddie survived i think it would have been happier if eddie or eddie survived Mm. i think i think it's like you said like it's gonna probably pay off in season five i think it's gonna influence dustin in some way no hopefully they use him yeah, yeah, I think this is gonna be Eddie's Boromir moment to influence Frodo. <laughs> nice, I get Thanks. that reference. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. I'm I'm sorry to poop on people's Stranger Things parade. No, but, don't. Uh, I, yeah, you 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 made me realize some things and some things I was aware of and just didn't care. <laughs> yeah yeah and a lot of times when you give critiques i'm like no that's a valid reason i just don't care doesn't <laughs> <laughs> change my opinions yeah all right so there's a stranger things season four we're actually making pretty good time considering how many things we're talking about um i guess the next uh is just uh what you watching danny what you watching you, anything you, else watching? so i just finished amazon's prime's latest terminal list Starring America's new public enemy number one for some reason. I don't know why these things happen, but I guess everybody hates Chris Pratt now. Okay. Like, I don't know. 
Like, remember a couple of years back when everybody was hating Brie Larson? And I'm like, why is everyone hating on Brie Larson all of a sudden? Like, this is so fucking random. Like, everybody's hating on Chris Pratt now. I'm just like, okay. Why? But did you watch the terminal list? <laughs> I, I did not. I don't even know. I didn't even know it existed until you mentioned it today. So, this pretty much has Tom Clancy written all over it if Tom Clancy was still alive. Okay. It's 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 all Tom Clancy tropes. It's about a Navy SEAL who gets fucked over by a group of government slash corporation slash military who turn their backs against the Navy SEALs or his unit specifically um, because they were testing experimental drugs that affects their memory slash uh, memory absorption and emotional absorption parts of the brain. And okay. it's since it was experimental, uh, they all had brain tumors. And so to cover it up, they were just going to kill the entire uh, unit in one fell swoop in Syria. And somehow Chris Pratt survives, finds out, and then just goes on a fucking Punisher tear. Frank Castle style, Frank Castle style ass whooping throughout the coast of California. Interesting. Um, it, it starts hot and heavy. If you like action films and you love, um, as we refer to in the military, a bunch of scunion bullets spraying everywhere, this is a show for you. Um, if you like the one-man uh, army trope against uh, massive institutions, like this show's for you. Um, it's a revenge story with just no fucks to give. Um I I dug it. It it, it it is a fun action popcorn movie. Um, the twist at the end I could do without um, because literally it doesn't change anything of the story. They just threw it in there for a shock factor. Okay. Um, which was my only problem. Like because like, they literally could have ended it 15 minutes early and they would have been as good as a movie if they didn't include the last 15 minutes. Um, is it a movie or a series? It's a series. Excuse okay. me. Okay. And did they do it week by week and it's just finished now or? Yes. Correct. Okay. Um, gotcha. But out of non geeky stuff, like it was, if you like military stuff, this is, this is a must watch. It was really good. Nice. Yeah. I, I will drop that on my, maybe at some point list. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if Heather would dig it, and I think it's too much violence and gore for the boys, so good luck with that. just means it's my show I watch while I do show notes or whatever else stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, cool. That's that. Uh, I'm intrigued. Good sell. Ticket punched. Yeah, thanks. And you said Chris Pratt, and I like Chris Pratt. I like Chris Pratt, but I didn't – I have no – sorry, tangent. So, like, I was rewatching Guardians, the first one, and then, like, going through, like – Love and Thunder and Terminal List now, like, like there has been some, like, lively, like, like a joyfulness that has been lost. Like, he was so goofy and so, like, charming in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and now he's just kind of, like, a little more too serious. Well, I mean, uh, no Thor, Love and Thunder spoilers, but he was so skinny in that movie. I just wanted to give him a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So maybe maybe he's terminal and he's on a list. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Buddy, what, are you, what are you watching? So uh, what am I watching? The first one to mention it uh, has wrapped up 
It is Brave New Worlds. Hot dog. I know. So where do you stand on the Trek, Danny? I mean, I like Trek. I like original Trek. I like Next Generation. Okay. Um, I like Scott Bakula. Um, nice. Enterprise. Enterprise. But Deep Space Nine didn't really get into it. Um, I'm not getting Paramount Plus, so I'm not really going... I'm not going into the new version of Trek. All right. Um, so here's here's my pitch for your seven-day free trial of Paramount Plus that you then cancel. Brave New Worlds. A, Anson Mount with beautiful Johnny Bravo silver hair. Uh, I was actually talking to one of my buddies uh, named Justin at, at the cruise, and we're both silver-haired men. And he was like, yeah, like I was watching Brave New Worlds with my boyfriend. And he was like, man, that Anson Mount. He's a good-looking fella, and I just realized that my boyfriend has a thing for silver foxes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a silver fox. And he was like, yeah, you are, Joe. And I was like, thanks, Justin. Like, I'm okay with compliments from gay men. That's cool. <laughs> but so Brave New Worlds, Captain <laughs> Pike with the Enterprise, pre-Kirk and the original series. But the beauty of this show is with modern special effects – they tell a story in the same heartfelt goodness of the original series, where they tell stories that this is Trek back to its basics with the original series. Sometimes they tell some silly-ass stuff, and spoilers a little bit. I'll try to be as, as free as spoilers, but the Gorn figure pretty deeply in a couple episodes. There's an entire episode where they go into, like, the characters on the Enterprise are in a storybook, but it ends on this heart-wrenching, emotional father-daughter story that rips you apart and flays you open. You watch the silliest shit, and at the end, you're like, oh, my God. They, oh, they, it's just fantastic, and it's literally Captain Pike knowing, because of what went down with Discovery in Season 2, what his ultimate fate is and it's him dealing with like living his life up to knowing like he knows there's no stakes in his life and what the knowing of no stakes does to his decision making capabilities and the final episode is entirely like him changing the space time continuum and seeing like consequences and repercussions of maybe like taking his foreknowledge and using it and then they do stuff with freaking like there's an entire point where Spock and his girlfriend like switch bodies for an episode and it works. And that's original series like silliness. You know what I mean? And it's it's literally like Star Trek writers being like, maybe we should just write Star Trek, like not try to be Star Wars, not try to be Battlestar Galactica, not try to be like Firefly. Maybe we should just like write Star Wars and like Star Trek. Star Trek yeah. And do like modern effects and make it work. And they did it, and they did, and it's lovely and wonderful. It's 10 episodes, which you can easily breeze through. Sorry, I've got my whiskey sour now working on me. Uh, (laughs) Breeze through, like, on on a time trial. Like, forget Discovery. You don't have to watch season two to understand what's going on with this crew. It would give you some foreknowledge, but it's not necessary. Uh, As long as you have a, a good understanding of the original series... And even then, you don't have to have it. You could honestly probably watch this show, and when it's finished, then go into the original series and be like, oh, 
it's a nice sequel. <laughs> it was done in the 60s. <laughs> and uh, just all the actors, the guy playing Spock is great. Uh, it's just so freaking good. And like, I was like, man, wow. Like, I really, really like Kenobi and we're going to spoil Kenobi. But I think Strange New Worlds might be a better show. So there you go. I'm not sure. Brave New Worlds. Brave New Worlds. Not Strange New Worlds. It, uh, no, actually, it's Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. <laughs> not, not the Brave New World? Yeah, Brave New World is Aldous Huxley. And a, and a quote from somebody else. But anyways. After that explanation, if you watch the Orville and don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the, the Orville is next up on my watch list. It's, Mark my it's, words. It's exactly your description of this show. Is exactly nice. how the Orville is. Nice, which makes me think you would like Strange New Worlds. And I, I just might, sir. I just might. I'm telling you, it's it's one season. It's a real quick Paramount Plus like free trial, and and I'm I'm paying for Paramount Plus now just because their actual app sucks. So I'm doing it through Amazon. Uh, it's four months in now, and there's been enough new content that I don't regret the money that's been spent. Nice. So, nice, nice. Yeah. Now that Strange New Worlds is over, I'm considering cancel. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe something else will pop up to be continued. Yeah, yeah. No, Paramount Plus is really trying, really trying really, for my money. They really are. They're yeah, really they're they're not going to get it. They're really trying. There's a decent amount of stuff. You just need to come over and hang out, and we can watch episodes. I would love nothing more, sir. Invitations always open, friend. Oh, and I'll say this about Strange New Worlds: it's a show I watched while Shawnee was around, and it wasn't so scary, with the exception of one Gorn episode. Some stuff went down, and I had to stop it, because Shawnee was like, oh, and I was like, good job, you're being scary, okay, turn it off, he's not three. (laughs) (laughs) So, it was really, really good up until, like, episode eight or nine, where it was, like, some crazy, scary Gorn stuff, and Shawnee was like, no, just like tonight, I was laying him down, and I put on Westworld, and he goes, no, something else. I said, okay, buddy, okay, buddy, something else, I'll finish episode four later. (laughs) So... Yeah, but he knows everyone. Like, when we're laying down, that's when Daddy watches his show. That's when I finished the episode of The Flash. Watched the Ride the Lightning moment again. So good. But, uh, yeah, Strange New Worlds, Anson Mount. Anson Mount's the bomb. So I just, good. I'm doing this weird history thing right now that I haven't talked about on the podcast that Daddy knows about. And the, the person that I'm working with, I was like, you need to watch Hell on Wheels. And she was like, damn you, I'm poor now because this show is amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Don't Fine buy anything off. past so season good. three. <laughs> but yeah. Trek on Hell on Trek? No, it's not going to work. We'll yeah. get there. Close enough. Um, All right. What do you got? What do you got? What else are you watching, Danny? What so you watching? What you, you, you watching? Easily segue into the Orville. Because fuck that show is so good, and it's exactly how you mentioned it. It just it's fun, it's wacky, and it pulls on some great heartstrings. They they tackle great uh, current political situations, but from like a future perspective, it's it's just uh, from a sci-fi perspective, amazing. But it's not what I'm gonna talk about because I never do anything <laughs> easy because I'm an idiot. <laughs> are you gonna talk about it or no <laughs> uh it's not finished yet so no it's not finished yet if we reach another round so i found this sleeper show on hbo mac and it's produced by eva longoria and zoe saldana and it's called the gordita chronicles now as much as i love young rock this is kind of on par with kind of just a wholesome fun um 
family sitcom and it's about and if if you're a first or second generation uh anything i think you'll be able to relate to this show but it's about a a successful family from the dominican republic and their father works for an airline company as for as a uh as for marketing and he comes from money so they're they're pretty well off in the dominican republic they have this giant ranch so on and so forth so he gets promoted to the a vp of latin american markets in miami and so the family relocates and just the disparaging difference between like wealthy and dominican republic and like what it's like to survive in america especially being latino and just kind of the cultural differences and just everything around it is just amazing to watch and trying to acclimate yourself into a new culture. And, you know, they're trying to live the American dream. That's their dream. They, they want to have a house with the pool and they just want that vision of being successful in America. Cause if you make it in America, you're essentially at the top here, especially in the eighties. Cause I don't know if I mentioned it, it takes place in the eighties. Oh, eighties so hot right now. Yeah, it really is. And Kevin um, Smith just finished a script for uh, a New Jersey movie set in the 80s. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, and so it takes place in the 80s, and it's it's uh, roughly based off the head writer's life about her family moving into Miami. And it's it's great because it has, like, two sisters, and they're, they transfer into a middle school, and they come from a Catholic school in Dominican Republic. And so, like, American schools are so just wild and crazy and and everybody's dressing however they want and then you deal with like 80s racism and it's up front um and the one episode they're looking at houses to buy and the real estate agent sees a handsome well-off hispanic man and immediately thinks he's a drug dealer and refuses to sell the house and and then i guess in the county in miami it was illegal to speak Spanish in government buildings. And okay. so the girl that the young girl who the show surrounds, like she's really sassy and quick witted. And so she uses that to her advantage because she has a good education from Catholic school. So when these, the teacher starts using uh, other words that we adopted, like deja vu and other French and, and other language words that we it's nomenclature in English. Like she's like, hold on. We're English only. You can't use those words. Um, and it's just kind of like adapting to America. And it's I I sh- I didn't I started good and I shitted on it, but it's really good. And it's really I really recommend it. Um, I I tried to look up reviews to see if it got picked up uh, for a season two, but all I read was articles from the L.A. Times OC Register about how this is the summer show of this. This is the family show of the summer. Um, it's gotten 100% Rotten Tomato score. It's 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 a real charm and it's a real family show and it's hilarious. Um, it's just it's just so funny and witty. It's just great. Nice. It's a real it's a real throwback to the TGIFs of uh, of the yesteryears. Okay, I I don't know that that's the best way to describe something that get me interested, but okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take that back then. <laughs> All but of a sudden, it, I'm like Erklin out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not not that bad. But it's really well written. It's really well done. Um, 
you know, and it's it's just the cast in it are just so adorable. Just how the family are a unit and the kind of support each other through adjusting into a new country. It's 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 really well. It's really really good. Nice. That that uh that makes me happy, my friend. Yeah, it's it's really relatable. Even even though there's no like son in the cast, no boy representation. Like the family representation is just amazing, and it's just just really great. Huh. Uh, yeah. Like I'm I'm interested, but there's just so much stuff. I don't know where that sits on my list. But like you definitely got me interested. I mean, if you have a if you need a family show like to watch with Heather, Heather would love this show. Um, okay. If you need a family show to watch with the kiddos and stuff, like this is a great show to watch. Nice. Nice. It's really great for representation. Well, I'm all about the representation, my friend. The representation. So my, I don't know if it's the last one, but my next one to mention, and so I, I talked about like the Stranger Things hype train, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't go all aboard. And this is another case of where like the hype train was crazy, and like there was a pandemic going on, and everybody was talking about it. But I was just like. I don't have time to read subtitles right now. There's other stuff to catch up on. Like I've got this one moment in time to catch up on everything geeky. I'm going to do it. Uh, and I, I did not watch it. But then when I finally got around, I was like, I need to check out this squid game. And I did. And boy, howdy, hot dog. Oh man. Is it freaking amazing? And would it not have been like, if we rewind and go back, <laughs> Talk about the top five from 2021. Number one, Squid Game. Oh, man. It was so good, Danny. And you know, because I messaged you. Like, <laughs> I did. Dude. I did. It's it's incredible. Like, you know, I think where where it really, like, hits me is, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Battle Royale. And Battle Royale, too. You know what I mean? That yeah. that old Japanese, like, it hit me right in the Battle Royale fills in a modern moment. And I never would have thought somebody would have been able to come up with that while also being poignant to our our, our fiscal moment with, with how expensive everything is with inflation. <laughs> and actually came out before everything became even more expensive with inflation. <laughs> and, like, talking about, like, you know, what people will do to get out of debt and like what reality is like. And bro, it's just so well done and acted so incredibly well and also quite gruesome and horrific at moments. Um, It's just if if ever there was such a sad show that was so lovely, it is this show. And have you started watching it? No. It's on the Netflix. You do the Netflix. Just do yourself a favor, Danny. I can't wait for you to be watching the show and like I'll, telling I'll, me how you feel. I'll I'll get to it. I'll get that, to that's, it. That's that's that was me. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I finally had the moment to get to it. And then I kicked myself in the pants that I didn't get to it when I could have relevant conversations with people. <laughs> <laughs> you had a FOMO. <laughs> yeah, it's uh now there's there's way too many people that let too many youths that youths that shouldn't have been watching it uh i've heard about kids like at my son's like elementary school playing red light green light and it definitely 100 percent comes from squid game and uh, that's not okay the show is not for eight-year-olds uh but that's the entire thing like while they're in this death match where they have to like 
abide by the rules or die they're playing children's games and granted some of the games are korean children's games but that's okay because they're very very similar to games we played as kids and um and it just even with the way it ends it's just like oh wow uh and it 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 cliff hangs enough that you can get the second season and they're gonna get the second season and I, i can't wait for the second season oh dog oh it's so freaking good and sad but also gruesomely wonderful. And uh, I've stayed 100% spoiler-free just for you, Danny. Well, you're too kind, sir. Yeah, no, because I don't want to spoil anything about this show. It's a battle royale, modern Korea, dramatic, crazy weirdness, gruesome, bloody, awful, poignantness. And it's uh, it deserves all the praise and adulation that's been heaped upon it because it's just really really freaking good it's uh it's nice yeah that's uh, man it would have been my number one no no doubt about it so freaking good oh can't believe i slept on it for so long and everybody listens like i watched it it was good we get it wiki okay i'm telling danny (laughs) stop interrupting me and danny's conversation listener Don't at least close. at least Roman laughed with you at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> He's always saying when he listens to the podcast. And anybody that says that they like the podcast, they're like, it's like listening to like two of my friends having a geeky conversation that I can't like interject into. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good review of this podcast. That's how that's how I feel like when you have a good episode without me. Like the musical one. I was like, uh uh-huh. uh-huh. I wanna talk about Hamilton. Yeah, did you listen to my episode where I included Guns N' Roses? Not yet. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I did a good job, I think. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a news episode, so you know all the stories because you posted all of them, but <laughs> <laughs> you can at least hear me, like, jive on it. Good for you. We can, yeah. we can talk about my Guns N' Roses moment later. Ooh, ooh, Guns N' Roses moment later. Intrigued. Yeah. All right, so that's. Do you have anything to say about the Squid Game? Did I sell you a ticket? A I mean, ticket I'm, I'm on sold. Netflix? I just, I just, I'll just, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I've always been like just moseying on over. I just, I'll get to it. I don't know if the Cindy will like it. It's pretty gruesome. Um, uh, we'll see. You know, you know your future wife better than I yeah, do. Yeah, I, I think she, she'll be fine as long as it's not like spooky. We'll be good. It's not spooky in any way, shape, or form, but this was definitely a show that I told Heather, like, I watched one of my favorite new shows that you will not want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and so. she was probably okay. She was. She was like, I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we've been together this long. You won't steer me wrong. <laughs> so every every once in a while, I'll have her watch something like, why'd you make me watch that? And I'm like, sorry, dear Evan Hansen, the music was good. <laughs> it's Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a classic. I'm sorry. She cried so hard at that musical. Uh-huh. Felt like a monster. <laughs> All right. Do you have any uh you have any quick mentions while we wrap up? The Orville. If if you're into Star Star Trek, there's no reason why you wouldn't like the Orville. It's classic Star Trek. It's just so well. Are you all um, caught up? Yeah, uh, no uh, maybe. I have to check the Hulu. <laughs> But it's coming out every week, right? Yeah, it's coming out every week. I just don't know what day. I just watch it when I'm I'm able to. Um, sometimes I watch two episodes at one time because sometimes I just can't just stay up so late watching television. 
I definitely Even though watched these it. reviews contradict that statement. <laughs> when I still lived with Arvin, I watched the first two episodes and I was like, this is good. I want to keep watching. I don't know what happened where I didn't, but it wasn't because the show was bad. No, the show, show's phenomenal. Um, yeah. There's a show I, would, I could talk to you off, Mike. It's not really, it's not a recommendation. It's just an interesting documentary that I'm watching. It's, okay. so, it's so dumb. Um, I finished my Daredevil rewatch and Hot Dog. That show's fucking good. You watch all three seasons? Yeah, and I I like season three. I'm sorry, I don't care if I'm in the minority in that. No, I like, I like season three as well. Season three is really good. I just don't like the fact that he's always wearing black. Like, <laughs> I I, I, I want to see Daredevil in the costume, but that's. I like me. that they dove into his Catholic guilt. Yeah, no, it was rad. Um. And then I have to start what we do in the shadows because that show's freaking amazing. Oh, the new season? Yeah. I haven't watched the new episodes yet either. Yeah. And then I don't really know what the fuck's going on in Westworld, but I never do until the end, which is the, the beautiful thing about that show. Yeah, I'm uh, three and a half episodes in. Like I said, Shawnee ended it tonight, so that's okay. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's mind twisty again, and I love that about the show, so... Yeah, if they, if they keep it up and they pay off, like yeah, it's gonna rank high for me. Yeah, no, that show's great at um making me just not try to think of what's going on and just enjoy the ride from season one, and then like that's how I just watch that show now. I'm just like I don't know what's going on right now, but fuck it, let's go, let's keep going. <laughs> so my my quick mentions, uh, Halo. I didn't do a whole talk on it. You know what? It was it's on Paramount Plus. So if you do the the free trial, friends, it's another episode or another show you can watch. You know, it was fun. If you like the Halo video game, you're going to enjoy the show. It's got uh, some really good special effects, some really questionable special effects. Uh, and it's an interesting Master Chief story. And it doesn't change the video games that you played in any way, shape, or form. So you can enjoy it, hate it, like it, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, they spent a lot of money, and it showed, and it also didn't show. But it was fun. Uh, Picard season two. God, I love that Picard show. Um, definitely in the it's a continuation of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, just freaking Borg Queen, Travelers, uh, Q. It's just it's really good. That cast, that ensemble, really, really great. And Jean-Luc Picard just uh, <laughs> playing the old man. And that's the entire gist of it is the fact that he is an old man and doing a really good job. Uh, Lock and Key Season 2, I think I mentioned it on the podcast, and Roman will tell me, like, yeah, you mentioned it, bro. Sorry, I repeat <laughs> myself. It's really, really good, and I'm excited to get the third season to wrap it all up. Uh, if you haven't watched Lock and Key, both have, both seasons, really, really good. Worth checking out on the Netflix. Uh, Disney Gallery, The Book of Boba Fett. You know, I think uh, if, you, if you're feeling a little sour on The Book of Boba Fett, watching that Disney Gallery will, will help. Um, seeing all the love and time and care that was put into it, it's really, really good. Um, I did watch the animated The Addams Family 2. I think that was on Paramount Plus, actually, to give them another plug. Uh, you know, those movies, it's they, they get the family, and it's cute and fun and fine. <laughs> uh, Hawkeye, I rewatched it with Heather. God, I love that show. Every time every time I, I watch it. that show. Oh, because it's so freaking good, and Heather enjoyed the piss out of it. She really liked it. I think WandaVision is still a number one, but I think for her, Hawkeye is number two. Uh, yeah, it's, it's eminently rewatchable. I would watch it again, and every Christmas, I think it's going to bust out in the rotation. Um, Lightyear, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but 
God, I really enjoyed that movie, and the boys are still crazy about Lightyear right now. They're also crazy about uh, Avengers because they went to Vegas, went to Avengers Station. Talk about it later on a different podcast. Um, but yeah, Lightyear and Hulk and a Captain America shield. That's what's rolling around the family room right now. Um, Minions, The Rise of Gru, made a lot more money than Lightyear, but it shouldn't have. <laughs> it was fun. It's fine. If you like the Minions, uh, not enough Gru in a movie called The Rise of Gru. Uh, but lots of minions, and if you like them, yellow silliness. There you go. The boys do, so we watched it. We went to a theater, to the mom and pop. It was fine. I fell asleep for the last half hour. It was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> great review. Uh, Sing 2, I think I actually did see that on the Paramount Blues. Oh, was it on HBO Max? One of the streamers that I have. God, Sing 2 is good. Man, they did such a great job doing a sequel to that Sing movie. With all them characters and new songs and freaking Bono showing up as Bono, only he's a lion. <laughs> he's not it, a Bono? No. Oh, oh, Sing 2 is just incredible. It was so much fun. We watched it three times, like back to back and then another time. I believe it really, was really fun. so good. Yeah, and the second one they did, it's such a great sequel. It really, really, it, it taps into like what was important about the first movie and then tells a new story. So what it, you're saying is this movie really sings. It does. It does, Danny. It sings twice. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the the Marvel Assembleds for the making of Moon Knight and the making of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And they do a really good job with those Marvel, Marvel Assembleds. The, they're fun. It's the sort of thing you would get on the Blu-ray like extras. And instead you get it on the Disney Plus extras. Um, the making of Moon Knight, fun. The making of Doctor Sitmom, epic. Freaking so much Sam Raimi talking and uh, makes me appreciate that movie even more. Uh, narrated by Bruce Campbell himself. Oh, it's just so freaking good. Uh, and I'm really happy that they they dropped these behind the scenes for the the Star Wars and the, the uh, Marvel stuff. It makes me really, really happy. Uh, and it's nice. It just makes Disney Plus that much more like value added. You know what I mean? They have lots of shows coming out every week for you to watch, but a whole bunch more content. And the boys, that, I've watched fucking Small Fry, the Buzz Lightyear animated short, so many damn times. I've seen Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and 4 too many times to count. Every once in a while, we'll get a little bit of panda action or freaking uh, The Incredibles. I've watched Incredibles 1 and 2, uh, but then it's right back to Small Fry. Fucking Small Fry. Little Happy Meal toy. It's funny. <laughs> I, I know all the words. Damn, you thought I knew Ragnarok. Nope, I know Small Fry. Because it's only six minutes long. You can watch it many more times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those are just some quick mentions. Anything else before we finish up, Danny? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. All right. So uh, I think uh, it's pretty clear. Uh, my ranking, uh, Stranger Things 4, then The Boys at number two, and then Umbrella Academy season three at number one. And Danny just switches out his uh, two and three. Yep. Yeah. So, oh no, you said Stranger Thing Four was your top, right? Yeah, I really dug it. Yeah. So. I mean, there was no dance off, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, no dance off, but that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, that's what what we watching. It doesn't work the same way without the ooh. What, what you we watching? What you 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 watching? Hey, Danny, what you got to plug? Uh, My phone, because it's almost dead. All right, so catch uh, Danny's plug on the charger. Um, 
<laughs> Laugh it up fuzzball podcast at gmail.com if you want to send an email. Uh, I responded to Jerry much faster than I did the first time. Send me an email. I would love it. I'll respond. Thank you. But you haven't sent it yet. So preemptive. Thank you. Um, tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball. And tonight, new shirt. The Meef shirt made his debut. It's What's Thor Dinner. Yeah, it's, it's a good shirt. It uh it turned out really, really well. Shout out to Brett. Yeah. <laughs> I keep finding logos for him to pervert and they turn out <laughs> nice. Uh so if you're if you're a child of the eighties or nineties, a classic beef logo changed to be about Thor. And uh I, I like to imagine Sean smiling down from heaven, being like, You you crazy bastard, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball there's merch if you want to if you want to put two dollars into my pocket by buying a shirt do it but then you get some cool stuff to wear there's some cool designs up there and there's more coming in the future depending on roman's busyness <laughs> and uh anchor.fm slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball that's the home of the podcast i thank them for putting pennies in my pocket when you listen uh based on the ads and I uh, also thank them for doing all the hard work so I don't have to. It's nice. And it's free. It doesn't, doesn't cost me anything. So I like that very much. Um, what else? Uh, you can go on Anchor and donate to the podcast if you want to. I'm okay with it being a free podcast. But if you really want to and you have some money burning in your pocket, shoot it my way. It'll put some gas in my car. Yeah, I fed myself last week at work based off my T-shirt sales. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to, <laughs> to eat. <laughs> um what else? Uh, at Wookie Ride on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, if you want to talk to Danny, you join the Facebook group, Laugh It Up Fuzzballs with an S, and uh, see all the geeky news and all the fun stuff. And, and it's about to get busy because San Diego Comic Con is this week. So there'll probably be a news episode that drops this week, and then a bonus ode either this week or the following week after that. And then Kenobi review, and then obligatory San Diego Comic Con news. And yeah, and you might hear Danny's voice again on the actual regular episode. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But Danny, thanks for thanks for uh, giving me some extra time, buddy. Oh, for you, my friend, always. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up so we can get some sleep. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, either what you watching or whatever the heck we come up with to, to spill in your ear holes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, saying TTFN. Marshall Danny of the Greater Fuzzball Territories. Good night, y'all. And Joe the Wookie Riot. Out.